The Secrets of Disney is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. Ladies and gentlemen. What's there, Mama? 10,000 years will give you such a crick in the neck. How do you do? How do you do what? Show me the smile. If you can't say something nice... Don't say nothing at all. Very nice. You can sit by me. Everything's so wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, get up. Come on, get up. Where are we going? Up to Neverland. You must kiss me. Excuse me? Please, princess. One kiss. Unless you beg for more. Hi there, and welcome to another Secrets of Disney podcast. Joining me today, I'm Deborah, by the way. I'm so excited. I can't, I didn't even want to introduce myself. Uh, This is, and joining me today is David Henlos. Hello. And uh, Lisa Hendy. Hey, happy to be here. Um, We are going to do a kind of a timely show. It's one of those shows that you're like, oh, when you, if you ever listen to these things years from now, you'll remember that but we're going to talk (laughs) about um something very timely in the fact that we're going to talk about how disney and everybody else is handling coronavirus the coronavirus scare of of 2020 and uh, we have a lot of information and i and a little bit of um i have a little bit of experience uh with disney security and disney um i guess emergency management if you would so uh, this will be um, maybe I'll I'll say back in the day and I'll kind of dwell on something that happened about in, 20 years ago in my day. Oh, wait, no. Actually, I have a, a family health related Disney experience to share, too. So that'll be fun. Uh, oh, really? But, and it's actually even older than 20 years ago, but something we have not ever forgotten. So but, oh, wow. you know, it's interesting, this topic. I mean, um, when we started talking about whether or not we should do this, it was three or four days ago. And I mean, the situation is so changeable that who knows by the time this actually is published, what things will look like. Cause as we record, things are changing literally like day by day. Mm-hmm. That's correct. And, and, you know, we have a release date of like every two weeks right now. So it could be, you might hear this and things have completely changed and things are closed and that were open and things are open that are closed and you never know. But dogs uh, and cats living together, something. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so as we're recording this, let's see, three of the six Disney theme parks are closed. So everything in Asia is closed. So uh, Tokyo Disney is closed. Shanghai Disney is closed. And Hong Kong Disney is closed. And then the rest of them are operating as usual. And that's, and, and a lot of people are wondering, hey, what happens, you know, during this time? What will Disney do? You know, will they close the parks down? You know, and here's the, here's my I guess my lesson from this is uh, then this will say how old I am. Um, I started in security September 1st, 2001 at Disney. So like 11 days before September 11th, I was Disney security and you got trained up real fast. It was like, here's the pool. Let you let us throw you in. Wow. Um, 
or dumping yeah, on you. Right. And it was like, because um, that was, if you remember, I, I'm David's a little young. Maybe he no, doesn't. I, remember. I, I, I remember because I, I went to, I mean, I didn't go to, um, I was, wasn't in Euro Disney, but actually, like, I was, I did an internship in France of all places. So I drove, you know, but uh, in, in the summer of 01. Yeah. So that was right, literally, I, and I came back in August of, of, of 01, like right before the hammer went down on security. So I have a very clear memory of before and after. Yeah. And, and so if, you know, and my memory sometimes a little fuzzy, too, about that time frame. But I remember, you know, all our airplanes were grounded at that point for like a month, maybe two months. Maybe it was three or four months before everything kind of started going back to I guess a new normal for security reasons and for flights and for tourism. But I tell you what, um, Disney world and the people of central Florida in particular, they suffered pretty badly. I know a lot of people who lost jobs. Did they stay open? Did the park stay open during yes, that time? Yes, they did. They only closed on, I believe September 11th and I believe potentially the next day too on September 12th. Uh, for security reasons, obviously. Um, but then they went back to normal. But the problem was that nobody was traveling because the airports weren't up and running for, I don't even remember how long that was. That seemed like months. So I live, they, I live I next to a military base at the time. So every, it seemed like the whole world froze to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so how are you going to keep a theme park open when half of your clientele is flying there. So, you know, unless you were driving, you weren't going to get there. So, it, you know, Central Florida and all of the tourist uh, attractions across the world, not just, you know, Disney World, although that was a big portion of it, they they felt the brunt of that. And, you know, it. so they did, uh, I guess, probably what I would suspect they would do in cases like this. It's kind of a tried and true thing, which is they scale back operations. Mm -hmm. They scale back operations. They they um, kind of cut the the fat a little, I should say. Um, like I remember about four thousand people, middle management getting laid off, you know, getting fired or getting offered early retirement uh, to to save money. And also the parks were were instead of opening at eight a.m. which they, or nine a.m. which they usually do right now, they'd open at ten or eleven. And then they'd close early, like five or six. So they'd scale back that way. And they did that for several months. And I know, you know, uh, people whose jobs were tied, not necessarily it working for Disney, but working around Disney or working in Central Florida for hospitality. Like um, my roommate at the time was working for Hertz Car Rental and he lost his job mm. almost immediately. You know, it was like, well, we can't keep you keep you there so a lot of people who were working in hotels and working in all those places they lost their jobs or they got laid off or you know and it took probably a year for for the economy to come back in central florida so disney does not want to close theme parks for that reason alone it's like it will destroy the economy of central florida and i don't yeah, know it's I've really interesting like out here in california um disneyland is open 
today. I'm I'm looking at um one of my favorite websites to look at is isitpacked.com. Oh yes. Which will give you right. kind of like um it, it helps you predict what are the best days to go and it also looks at like real time um crowds that are going on right now. And actually today in California as we record it's sort of one of those very rare rainy days and things are actually looking um still like there are people there. Um like Millennium Falcon right now has a twenty five minute wait at oh. six 38 in the evening so but um what's what's the talk out here which i know is the talk around the country is that they're starting to kind of like um make people close things that are large gatherings um so there's discussion about athletic events my husband works at ucla and just announced today was the you know the fact that all classrooms will be closed now the kids are going virtual and all the athletic events are going to go on but no one will be actually allowed to be there it's just the players will be playing so and i think i you know i work for the university of nebraska and that's actually the talk this week is preparation to go virtual and um which is hard for me because my job is actually supporting the physical needs of the department i'm like oh okay that's a little rough yeah so because they were like what can you do from home and i'm like well literally half of my job is physically being there to answer phones and direct people so not much yeah and so the question with Disneyland is, you know, if health department decides to shut down large gatherings of people, um, you know, will that happen? So far it hasn't. And there, I was just checking, you know, the Twitter feed and Facebook page and stuff like that. And there's no mention of anything like that. And um, we're seeing articles coming out um, talking about the, you know, you were going to talk about this, Deb, but the, um, the precautions that are being taken. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, that's one thing, because they don't want to, you know, uh, scare anybody and they don't want to um, take away from the enjoyment that is Disney. They're they're ramping up their precautions. And I know that um, I have several people that are in the Disney area, work for Disney or have gone to Disney this week. And so one of the things that they changed, and this is kind of odd, um, it reminds me of um, a very Catholic thing. You know, have you ever <laughs> kissed a, a reliquary? Like, have you ever kissed a reliquary, uh, like a, oh, a yeah. saint? And they wipe it yep. down right after you kiss it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same. Well, yeah. So basically, um, when you walk into a Disney park, your ticket is tied to your fingerprint. So you put your fingerprint into a scanner and or your finger into a scanner and um, it, you know, it lets you into the park. Well, they are wiping down the finger scanners after every single finger that's being scanned which seems really quite a you know excessive um excessive i think but it's you know well although i mean if they're telling us not to push the buttons and elevators and things like that i mean that's your fingers who knows where your finger has been so right yeah and and I imagine also, you know, Disney's a very clean park anyway. I mean, they've always been prided on their cleanliness for the most part. Um, I can imagine they're more rigorous than they have been with their cleaning and their disinfecting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, maybe uh, I used to do custodial when I was 19. And uh, I believe our expectation back when we were cleaning restrooms or, you know, cleaning areas was like if restrooms was like try to hit them at least once an hour, if not twice an hour to make sure that, you know, there were no messes in there and to wipe 
countertops and to, you know, clean up and, and disinfect what needed to be disinfected. So I imagine they probably ramped up their custodial. David, I'm curious with little kids. I mean, I remember when my kids were little, they touch everything. Are you like, are you talking about this at home now and trying to train them or just not taking them out or? Uh, Well, not taking them out as much, but um, I mean, they still go to school right now. So they are around other kids, but they're even the schools right now are talk are, um, you know, they turn it into a um, (gasps) God, God bless my uh, our uh, for the first grade teacher. She's actually turned it into a to be healthy. We have to wash our hands when we can't touch our face. To have to be you know, just she added into the healthy living thing. Uh, so um, there was a whole thing the last couple of days about you know not touching your face and washing your hands whenever you do anything and don't and cover your mouth or I mean you know sneezing in your arm that kind of stuff. So mm. uh, we're, we've been covering that too, but yeah, it's just. At this point, we're just, I mean, the best we can do is just teach them good hygiene and not go out to a whole bunch of things. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I have to pause here for a second. Um, you know what I didn't do? Start my own recording. Oh. oh. But I started the Skype recording, so um, you think Dom would be okay if I turned in the Skype recording? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to, I just started it again. Um, I'm going to make note of the time on the Skype. <sighs> like I must've been way too excited. Okay. <laughs> All right. So um, anyway, yeah, we were just talking about children. Sorry. No, I'm pr- I appreciate totally that. Distracted. Okay. So in, um, I'm going to give it a little bit of silence here. So we were talking about children for a second here, and I know that that's a big concern. To, <laughs> I don't know if you caught the the um, memes on Facebook of like, you know, the little girl r- licking the railing. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like the more you tell them not to, the more you, the more they do. Which is another reason why sometimes it's just easier just to keep them in the house. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know you had talked about you were planning a trip to Disney, David, with your family, like the spring. It's, are you, have you stopped talking about that? Or That's probably moving towards the fall now. Uh, <laughs> you might be able to get a really cheap airfare. <laughs> uh, yeah. My, my wife actually was supposed to is, well, it's still on to, uh, from what we know, but there's, she had a, there's a conference in April that she was going to go to in Seattle. And all of a sudden, the flights are way cheaper. So, yeah. just so you know, um, David, at the time of this podcast uh, recording, Omaha to MCO is a hundred dollars yes. per person round trip <laughs> for April, and I'm like, no! Oh my goodness! <laughs> it's so tempting, isn't it? I know, I know. Yeah. I mean, it's something to really talk about is do if I mean, is it um, a, a lot of people pre-plan their Disney vacations? They pre-plan hotel rooms they pre-purchase their um you know their tickets for the parks they make reservations like if for some reason in the event that things get closed down is there a policy that the company has for uh, reimbursement of these things yeah i mean you can other than airfare is a little sticky but even the airfare like dealt like all the major airline companies are kind of waiving their change fees right now Mm -hmm. um Delta, you know, they're all releasing statements right now. 
saying, hey, don't worry about it. We're going to, you know, do change fees. Hey, you know, we'll do change fees, all the, you know, reduce change fees or no change fees all the way up until the end of this year um, for certain airlines. And Disney, um, although they can't control your airfare, they can rebook your your package. Um, so if you were planning to come, like, say you were going to go to Disney next week and you're like, oh, no. Uh, as long as you rebook, like you, you call Disney and say, hey, I'd like to rebook this maybe in August. You know, um, they'll do that for you. Uh Sometimes they'll charge a, a fee, like a like a change fee. I I know the last time I changed a reservation, oh about a month ago, they did um, do a change fee of fifty dollars. But that was I think a a separate incident. I think that had something to do with um, a, a component on the package. But then um, within two weeks, um, you can call and change without much penalty but then if you cancel you'll get penalized if you are um, outside that two-week window you can actually there's not a lot of penalty going on so you can call and cancel um, airfare like i said might be a penalty you might have to deal with that separately if you booked it all together they you know there might be some penalties with that but if you booked your airfare separately it's usually not a problem this is a good time to talk about uh you should probably get travel insurance whenever you book something yes. big like that um i know a lot of people i'm one to gamble but uh i could see the the merit of it this month for sure but, yeah i've i've made that mistake and um I'm not going to be doing that anymore. I'm going to, I'm now going to just say, okay, just purchase the travel insurance. So, yeah. So I was like, really that extra $35, I just don't know, but there's a lot, you know, there's a lot that can happen these days that it's sometimes, sometimes it takes something like this to remind us too. Right. And I did send um, Lisa and, and David a, a YouTube video. So right now Disney is, especially Disney world is, is I would say business as usual. Uh, I mean, there it's probably less crowded than it normally is this time of year during spring break. But um, the video I sent showed, you know, people in line for all the rides. And yeah, I, I really like, liked that video. Mm-hmm. It was really oh, cute. He was fun. It, his name was Jojo. And if I don't know, I can't remember the name of his, vlog but he does a very positive like um very energetic jojo's world uh (laughs) vlog and he went around there's a new ride that opened just in march just this month uh called uh mickey and minnie's runaway railroad which used to be the great movie ride and so he was showing the line for that and it's still at like 300 minutes if you want to go stand Mm -hmm. in line for that uh, but it doesn't it doesn't seem to have deterred this uh, people from going to ride, um, you know, uh, the Star Wars attractions or the new rides that are going on. And it's Flower and Garden Festival and at Epcot. And I think it's Food and Wine Festival in California. right Yeah, now. it is. It is. And, you know, it's funny. A lot of people are having the reaction that my two sons, who are both like young adults in their 20s, are having, which is, wow, airfares are really great. Hotel rooms are very cheap. And maybe this is a great time to go out and travel if you're young and healthy, you know, and uh, you want to um, take advantage of some of these things. That video made me think, Deborah, of the story that I wanted to share, which was our personal experience that happened in that park. He was at Hollywood Studios, and I remember this story of being at Disney World 
when um, I was very, very pregnant. Actually, I don't know how I let myself do this, but I traveled eight months pregnant to Disney World with a three-year-old son, Eric. Wow. And um, we were in one of the rides at at um, Hollywood Studios. It was called something. Was it called like MGM Studios? I think yeah. back then, yes, back in was. the day. And um, and so we were on a ride, and my little toddler son had something that didn't agree with his tummy, and he got sick on the ride. And so the very nice people who were working there actually came and got the two of us and took us to um, the, basically the infirmary, the small hospital on property mm-hmm. and um, took us in there and checked us in. Well, we walked in the door, me looking extremely pregnant and him crying toddler. And they immediately thought that I was the one who needed, you know, the healthcare. When in reality, it was really Eric who was sick <laughs> to his stomach. And, um, and so they checked us in and they, they checked out Eric and he was running a little fever. So it was really wonderful. They actually sent out for fresh clothes for him. Somebody went out, found his size clothing, brought him back a full complete outfit. And then they arranged a driver to take us back to our hotel. We were staying on one of the Disney budget properties and the driver took us there. And when we got there, he said, do you have a thermometer? And I said, no, I don't have one. And he said, let me go get you one. And he actually went and purchased a thermometer for us and brought it back. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. The level of service and care for our family. um, I mean, we were both so disappointed because we had wanted to be at the park, but I was like, I am sold forever on how much they cared to make sure that we were really safe and healthy. Is that an atypical experience or? No, that's pretty typical. I have a similar, a similar experience, but not like I was sick, but I, um, I remember distinctly, this was 20 years ago. I was working graveyard shift at uh, Disney's, Grand our Grand Floridian Hotel, and um, in the middle of the night, we we had a Japanese interpreter call us and say, "Hey, one of our our Japanese uh, tourists is sick, and um, they need to go get medicine." And so we arranged it for him. You know, we went. You know, there was like at the time only one all night place you could get. You know, one night all Walgreens you could get medicine. So we sent Bell Services out to get their medicine for them. And then um, because they were Japanese, they're not traditional, you know, they don't have a traditional breakfast like we did. We actually uh, asked the kitchen to make uh, the the wife chicken broth um, or like a or a miso broth. It was like a very clear broth. And we, we blew up balloons and we Aww. took a card and we we at six in the morning, we delivered the medicine, her chicken broth and some balloons to her and said, we hope you get better soon through the Aww. interpreter. That is so nice. And those are the things that really, you know, I'm sure as an employee, it makes you feel really good to do something like that. Right. Because it's like it's no fun to be a in a foreign country where you don't speak the language and be sick on. And it was probably their honeymoon. They were a young couple. So, um, you know, to be sick on, you know, at Walt Disney World in this strange place where you don't speak the language and you don't have the comforts of home. You know, we try, you know, cast members try to make it, you know, everybody tried to, you know, make them feel so welcome and included and, and like home and like family. So I think that's, that's that's awesome. Yeah. So I think that's not atypical. I think that's very typical. Of of Disney at least. 
Of Disney, yes. Um, <laughs> I don't know. You know, I've been in a lot of places where it's like, oh, you're sick. That's too bad. There's a Walgreens down the street. Take an Uber. Yeah. So, it, and it could be that that mentality too. It just depends on who you're talking to and what kind of mood they're in and how busy they are. You know, it's we're all human. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if there was a Ronald McDonald land nearby, that they wouldn't do that there. So, just yeah. guessing. Right. I'm just taking a look at we've had so much discussion about cruise lines and we oh. know that Disney cruises are now a very big thing. So I was just looking to see if there was any information on Disney cruise lines and this one particular um, website that I'm looking at is saying that Disney cruise passengers may cancel trips scheduled to sail before May 31st as little as a day in advance mm-hmm. and must redeem their credits within 12 months of their original cruise. We haven't yet heard about any Disney cruises being docked offshore. Right. <laughs> I actually, I was in San Francisco last week and um, I actually saw the, the cruise ship that just today was allowed to come dock oh. and get, I uh, get disembarked. Mm. Um, I s- drove past it when I crossed the Golden Gate Bridge, and there it was out there in the ocean. Um, oh, those poor, <laughs> those poor, oh, yes. prince, well, poor princess cruise line, because they've had the brunt of it, it seems. But I know it's, it's okay. So, uh, you know, I do travel planning on the side. I have my own travel agency, um, and I, it's effectively killed my, my, <laughs> yeah. my like, yeah, it's like I will not be getting any of these Nebraskans to take a cruise unless they're like, it's a good deal. But mm. um, yeah, they're, the CDC actually came out and said that you should probably not get on a boat, yeah. <laughs> which is not helpful at all for um, everybody who depends on that for and right guess there. who booked a cruise the week before all of this started? Me. Oh. Not not a Disney cruise, but my high school reunion um, is planning yeah. a cruise for actually next February. So we're pretty far out. But okay. definitely my husband, who already was reticent to go, is now saying, you know, probably not really going to be going on that cruise with you. Oh, that's funny. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I almost asked Sherry to come on tonight. I haven't heard from her because, uh, you know, she's being in Hawaii and her husband's a doctor and um, they have their own practice. Uh, she says she's seen an uptick of uh, parents bringing their kids and saying, test them for coronavirus. And so she's getting ready to be quarantined. <laughs> she's, so there's a, there's a, she's like, I wish I could travel because airfare from Hawaii right now is really cheap. And she would yeah. she'd go to Disney. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this is, this is the state we're living in. And, um, mm-hmm. but there is a glimmer of hope. I want to say, um, because I know that the Orlando Sentinel yesterday um, put out an article about Disneyland in Shanghai and they have an opening date. They have an opening date for, um, for Tokyo Disney too. And it's soon. So awesome. Yeah. So Tokyo Disney will open mid-March again, Um, probably limited, like a slow, like a slow open, not like everything's open. Come on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's probably like hotels first and then, you know, shops and then restaurants and then, you know, the theme parks themselves under limited, you know, limited hours or limited whatever. And then um, I know Shanghai Disney will be opening around the first week of April, which is really great because I, uh, they are, you know, they're kind of in the the ground zero of of China's, uh, you know, 80,000 people with coronavirus. So, mm-hmm. uh, and they are actually doing a very slow opening. So they're, they're going with just hotels first and, and their version of downtown Disney or Disney Springs, like their shops and 
and and all that at limited capacity. But they're they're going one step further that I think than Tokyo. I find this fascinating is that they're going to make every resort guest wear a mask and monitor their temperature throughout their whole time there. Wow. Yeah, I'm like, wow, how are they going to do that? That's and I'm like, how, that's a lot of work. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 no. A lot and, of masks. Yeah. And then they're, they'll get a card, like a, um, I guess a card. A magic that, band. <laughs> yes, a magic band. That, they can be, that can be scanned at every restaurant before they're even allowed to sit down in the restaurant. That right. will probably say, you know, like, oh, they're okay to come in here and eat or they're okay you know, their, their temperature is, you know, blah, blah, blah. So that's going to be a massive undertaking. I don't even know how that's going to all work. Uh, I'm kind of fascinated to see if anybody will cover that and how that's going to work. And I wonder if, if Tokyo, I mean, Japanese are usually, you see them wearing masks all the time. Anyway, it's part of their culture. If they're even the least bit under the weather, they're going to be wearing a mask. So I don't think they have to tell anybody, hey, if you want to go to the to uh, Disneyland in, in Tokyo, you, you'll wear a mask. I imagine they already have that covered. Mm-hmm. Deborah, when the, I'm curious, when the parks are closed, typically, I mean, so Disneyland closed on a typical night at midnight. Mm-hmm. The park is not actually open. I mean, it's not actually empty when it's closed. People are in there doing cleaning, gardening and things like that. So in these closures, do you think there are actually people that are on site, like still kind of a skeleton crew? Yes, I believe like, you know. If I were Disney and, you know, if I were there, I probably would see, you know, their engineering staff, their um, horticulture staff, everybody, especially at Florida, if they had to close a theme park, they'd probably close Animal Kingdom. Um, But they would have the veterinarian staff there um, just to keep the, the park, you know, spruced up and ready. And they'd probably custodial and security will never go away. So any night, any typical night, because I used to, I did five years of, of graveyard. Uh, wow. Working. Yeah, it was a, a long time. I did security and uh, front desk. And I know security in the park, you know, past 11 o'clock at night, uh, you know, it was security, custodial, engineering, and um, occasionally what would have contractors like building or painting and, and horticulture. So those are always in the park all the time. Um, I imagine that's What's going to happen um, is that they've taken this opportunity to repair things. They've probably taken this opportunity to massively clean everything mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and uh, and also maybe do some training and make sure all their their cast is healthy. And I know everybody who's probably doing the business end of things, probably going through risk management um, scenarios and. Um, coming up with policies to implement upon opening, like, you know, how do we make sure that our cast members aren't coming to work sick? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what do we do in the event that one of them is? Because uh, actually there is, um, even though we don't talk about Disneyland Paris, there was a case of coronavirus among one of their cast um, this week. Whoa. Yeah. So a graveyard cast member who was an engineer uh, tested positive for coronavirus, and then they had him quarantined. And I think three of his coworkers got quarantined with him. But you know, this this is just the new normal. Is how do we deal mm-hmm. with? And then how do we deal? How does Disney deal? We, me, 
the the royal we um uh-huh. how do we deal with uh the loss of staff for that particular um duty you know if we lose all of our custodial staff who's going to clean the park so that's so. actually one of the parks that was still currently open for business mm-hmm. um Disneyland Paris. And so I haven't read the article yet, but did they actually say in terms of people who might have been exposed to that cast member? Do well, they, they think they don't think anybody, you know, because he worked great, you know, graveyard. So, uh, OK, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's he and um, he's never been in contact with visitors since he worked nights at the park. Um so, you know, other than, you know, the people he obviously lives with and that there were three other cast members with him, they were, um, you know, t- told to stay under quarantine. This is OK. Here's a secret of Disney. This is a true <laughs> secret of Disney. Are you ready for this? OK. Right. At when you were an engineer at a park and you're like a ride engineer or Imagineer, you were assigned usually to an attraction like um if you're going to be at like say Muppet vision 3d at Disney Hollywood studios, there are maybe four to five um, crew in, you know, that work that attraction only, and that's their home base. And they stay Mm -hmm. there and they, all they do is, is do um, all the the repairs and maintenance and cleaning of that attraction uh, and safety inspections. So, you know, you're literally talking about a very small crew of people that will be working on a ride, but they don't usually ride, go work on, like, if you're working at Tower of Terror, you don't go usually work on um, a different ride. You usually stay at that ride. So, you know, in the sense that contains who's working there that night. There was actually this um, official statement that came out, too, from Dr. Pamela Heimel, who is the chief medical officer for Disney, um, for the Disney parks and, you know, just kind of a a party line policy document that came out, a letter um, that came out yesterday, basically saying they're working really closely with the CDC um, to monitor things and giving the basic recommendations and stuff. So good to know that they have their own. How do you get to be the the chief medical officer for Disney? That's a super cool job. I know, right? (laughs) Well, and, you know, I, it's actually have, argu- arguably cooler than being on the Enterprise. For <laughs> <laughs> you would be shocked at the amount of like uh, risk management and um, policy in place and the amount of work that goes on behind the scenes during, you know, crises or, you know, things that happen at the park. We, you know, Disney has their own um, EOC emergency center. That, that works within the county's emergency center and they have people from, you know, from FBI all the way to the Secret Service to, uh, you know, to the CIA, you know, advising them if they need to about, you know, anything. So Disney's well informed. I know cast members who actually worked with um, members of the FBI and CIA are in the Secret Service uh, for for um like legal things that would happen at disney you know it i feel like i'm revealing a lot of secrets this week um, <laughs> that's why it's we're okay with secrets really yeah. disney. <laughs> here's here's the thing is that pe- most people don't realize that there's a lot of counterfeiting um activity that happens in central florida especially at disney where people will bring their counterfeit bills to disney to cash them in oh that makes which sense is, 
Yeah, doesn't it? So it, there's the, a lot of vigilance uh, around paper money there just because of that problem. And there's a lot of people that will be fugitives, unfortunately, you know, with Amber Alerts. Um, mm. A lot of times parents who are not supposed to have their kids will take their kids and go to Disney with them. Because what do you do with your screaming four-year-old? You take them to Disney because that will make everything right. And, and so people, have- and people And people will tune it out. To, right. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, so they'll they'll deal with a lot of that, um, a lot of uh, custody or or um, uh, issues such as that. Um, a lot of so there's a lot of things that could potentially go wrong. But Disney has a handle on a, a lot of different um, uh, legal or uh, law enforcement agencies here in the United States and. And they uh, they keep that quietly to themselves <laughs> until I blab it all out on Secrets of Disney. <laughs> well, it'll be really interesting to see, you know, the next time that we're together to record how um, how this plays out, what happens right. next. Yes. And... yes. Right. Yeah. It's um, we will probably in the future. The next time we record, I also want to talk about something that happens at Disney that's very seasonal too, and maybe next time we'll talk about. Easter or, um, you know, religious holidays at Disney. That's always fun. Oh, yeah. That'll be more, that'll be a more upbeat, um, episode <laughs> than talking about coronavirus, yeah. but for the time being, everybody's enjoying their time at Disney. Uh, from what I could see, uh, people are snatching up those, uh, discounted rooms and tickets and deals yeah. and airfare and going down there. So business as usual. And if any of our listeners have been there during this time, definitely let us know um, what it's been like, what's been different and, you know, what your experience has been. I know that um, one of uh, my friends posted that they had put um, hand sanitizers at most of the restaurants and uh, a lot of the attractions and around the park. So you can sanitize your hands a little more readily. Um, Can't imagine how much that costs right now. Right. <laughs> Liquid gold. Um, that's, I, I really do think that, you know, Disney's prepared for that anyway, because they usually have large warehouses full of supplies at the ready. So it probably wasn't that big of a deal. They they probably had. I imagine a long time ago. Remember um, N1H1 or H1N1? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I remember hand sanitizers being available, I believe, during that outbreak, too. Wow. Um, I didn't think about it that much, but that affected what 1.5 million Americans. It was a pretty big outbreak, mm-hmm. but then we survived that one. We'll see about this one. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, business as usual, I guess. Uh, do you have anything to say? Uh, any, any advice you would give? Um, I know I've talked a lot, but I'd, I'd like to know what kind of advice you're giving people around you when dealing with situations like this. David, go for it. Oh, me? I'm my just pretty basic because I'm an expert in very little. Just trying to keep the basic sanitary stuff of, you know, if don't, you know, try to avoid coughing on people or getting coughed on. Wash your hands. And I'm struggling. I mean, I'm struggling with even that. But and then just avoiding large gatherings of people for now. And because, um, you yeah that's the the larger the group the less there is you can control right i i saw this is um a uh 
not Disney related, but it's Italy related. I know um, some of you might know who Mountain is, um, who does the Disney or the Catholic Traveler. Mm-hmm. And he's he's situated in Rome and he, you know, basically said, oh hey, yeah, everything's open in a sense for business. But it's, you know, everybody's on lockdown, too. But you can still roam about and get groceries. There's plenty of toilet paper to be had. And, um, you know, people are not trying here. to live his 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 advice and he's such a good friend of sqpn um it it, when you talk about advice i immediately thought of two things and and he is one of the things which is for those of us who have friends who work in the gig economy you know uber drivers my son is a musician i know for me as a speaker um things are getting canceled left and right. And I'm very blessed that we're not feeding our family on my speaking income, but this is people's livelihoods. And so, you know, where we can support our, um, our friends in those economies, that's really important to remember to do that. And the second thing that's always on my mind is um, I have elderly parents. Um, my parents are living and assistant living and their schedule has been completely turned upside down and they now can't have any outside visitors they're in the city of Chicago and, um, you know, it's because they are really, you know, among those who are the most at risk for something like this, but it's hard and lonely. Um, you know, all of a sudden be kind of stuck in your room with nobody to come and see you. And so if you have a loved one who's elderly, now is a great time to pick up the phone and call them, um, and let them know that you're thinking of them and that you're praying for them and just, you know, to try to give them a happy, something happy to think about because most of them are sitting around watching the news, which is not very happy. So no, no, but um, anyway, if you want to weigh in on this topic, I know that um, Lisa has been really great about posting, uh, you know, these great podcasts are great podcasts on her. Facebook page. <laughs> she's, she's gotten a lot of feedback about people's favorite snacks this week. Oh I'm yeah. Like, oh, um a lot of dole whip going on maybe not pumpkin spice dole whip but dole whip in general a lot of ice cream a lot of mickey pretzels going on over there so it's nice to have that but if you want to weigh on in on this um and say hey i was there or you you want to talk about anything pertaining to disney or you want to more know more specific secrets about disney um that i may or may not be able to talk about you can definitely email us at uh, Disney at sqpn.com. You can also, um, I've been looking over uh, our our page on sqpn.com and you can leave comments there. I'll check that out occasionally and uh, make sure we're getting our feedback in. And we, we think it's fun to talk to you about Disney too. So we'll try to answer all these questions if we can or say, hey, I like, you know, I like the Main Street ice cream place too. Um, but it's a nice community place to go to talk about all things that we do for SQPN. Um, so you've been listening to us here at StarQuest Production Network. And you can find us at um, sqpn.com backslash Disney. You can email us, like I said, at Disney um, at sqpn.com. Or follow us on social media at facebook.com backslash StarQuest Media. And we also have Twitter at SQPN. And I'm Deborah Shaben, and joining me today was Lisa Hendy and David Henlos. And we'd like to thank you again for joining us for The Secrets of Disney on StarQuest. 